This week's episode of the Inner Bonding Podcast is brought to you by Unlocking Your Inner Wisdom. Live your life guided by loving wisdom and your deepest truth. In this self-guided online video program, you'll learn about the two secrets to at-will divine connection, and you'll learn about what you might be doing that blocks that powerful connection. When you learn how to raise your frequency to unblock your inner wisdom, you'll begin to see many positive changes in your life. You'll begin to trust your feelings. You'll know what to do to release fear, anxiety, and worry. You'll discover the secret to manifesting your dreams. You'll be able to worry less and enjoy life more, just to name a few positive changes that can happen. Go to innerbonding.com wisdom to begin raising your frequency and unlocking your inner wisdom. You can use the code WISDOM at checkout to get a 10% discount on your enrollment. Again, go to innerbonding.com wisdom. Welcome to the Inner Bonding Podcast, the complete process of self-healing anxiety, depression, addiction, and relationships. You can find this podcast along with many others on our podcast website at innerbonding.com slash podcast. Now here is your host, Dr. Margaret Paul. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Margaret Paul with the Inner Bonding Podcast. And today I want to talk about resistance. We're going to explore what resistance is, why you resist or procrastinate, and how to begin to heal resistance. When your ego-wounded self is in charge, you might get trapped in resistance. Many people just hate to be controlled, whether it's by yourself or someone else or even your higher power. Sometimes resistance shows up as forgetting or procrastinating, or it can show up in relationships by doing the opposite of what someone wants you to do, or doing something but doing it badly. And these forms of resistance are often called passive-aggressive behavior. Resistance often comes from an inner power struggle between two parts of your wounded self. You might have an authoritarian part, a part that might sound like the parental voice of one of your parents or other caregivers, saying things like, you have to get up early this morning and work out and and we have to eat well today, or you need to get that report done now, or it's time to clean up this clutter, you're such a mess, what's the matter with you? Or today we need to be on time for our meeting. Often this is an adolescent aspect of your wounded self who learned to be just like one or both of your controlling parents or siblings or teachers or others who might have tried to control you. But then there's a resistant part of you that might have developed quite early in your life. Sometimes children learn to resist their parents by doing things that their parents have no control over, such as withholding their bells or not eating or eating only junky stuff or not learning and not doing homework or dawdling and making their parents late, or even things like being anorexic or grossly overweight. 
This resistant part of you is saying to the controlling part of you, or to anyone who's trying to control you, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. I'll do whatever I want. When I work with clients who complain of procrastination, they always have these inner power struggles going on where one aspect of their wounded self is trying to control them and the other aspect is going into resistance to being controlled. This is often the result of being brought up with one or two parents or siblings or other people in your life who were very controlling. You might have learned to comply in some areas and learned to resist in others. If you tend to be resistant in some areas of your life, such as being late or being a clutterer or messy or doing things at the last minute or not listening to your partner or trying to get away with as little work as possible or eating badly or not exercising or drinking too much or smoking too much pot or going to bed late and not getting enough sleep or not showering or brushing your teeth or not seeing a doctor when you're not well or not getting your teeth cleaned regularly or being a couch potato or saying you'll do something and not doing it or making plans and then often canceling them or being closed to suggestions, this might indicate that you've absorbed the controlling parental voice of a parent or grandparent or others in your life who were controlling with you. Did you learn to go along in some ways and then resist in other ways to not completely give yourself up to a controlling person? My parents were very controlling, but instead of resisting them, I became a very compliant child, a very good little girl, doing whatever they wanted me to do. I became a people pleaser as my coping mechanism and my way of trying to control how they treated me. And often, those of us who are caretakers end up in a relationship with a resistant person, which is what happened with me in my long marriage. As I said, this pattern of resistance can get started really early. If you had a parent who was, for example, harsh and controlling regarding bedtime, you might have gotten in bed, but you wouldn't sleep. Or if you had a parent who was controlling and harsh around grades, you might have started to do poorly in school. Or maybe you would dawdle a lot, which would make your parents feel nuts around time. It's like saying, at least that's something I have control over. So it's an early pattern that gets established when there's a controlling parent or more than one controlling parent. And as a child, you learn various ways to not lose yourself completely. Now, this might have been a good coping mechanism when you were growing up because it did prevent you from feeling like you were completely controlled. It may have prevented you from feeling like you were being completely invaded and engulfed. But now the problem is that you might continue to do this in response to yourself or in response to a partner or in response to your higher power. And this might be immobilizing you in your life. It's certainly not a healthy pattern when there's something that you want to do and you're not doing it because some part of you is saying, you're not the boss of me. I don't want to be controlled by you and I don't have to do what you say I have to do. 
I often have clients who tell me that they want to be on time or clean up their space or eat well and exercise or stop eating sugar or drinking or smoking cigarettes or pot or get to work on time or get in an application for a new job, but they don't. They procrastinate even with things they want to do. So it's important to deal with this pattern, which might be keeping you stuck in your life in many ways. One of the things that many people resist is self-care, both physically and emotionally. A lot of people find that even though they might know what to do, and even though they might know that they need to eat well and exercise and get enough sleep and so on, they resist taking care of themselves. Even if you've learned inner bonding and you know that practicing inner bonding is going to make you feel a whole lot better, you might be resisting spending the time to do so. So why do you resist doing the very things that you know you need to do to feel good? What else might be going on besides the inner power struggle? There's actually a bunch of reasons why people have sort of unconsciously decided that they don't want to take care of themselves. And one of them is that a lot of people believe that someone else can do it better. The wounded self might believe that somebody can take care of me better than I can. Why should I have to do it? I had to do it when I was younger. So why should I have to do it now? It's not my job. It's somebody else's job. Somebody owes it to me. Or somebody always did it for me when I was growing up and someone is still supposed to do it for me. The wounded self might be saying, well, if I do it for myself, if I like take care of myself emotionally or take care of myself financially, then nobody will ever take care of me. And that's what feels good to me. It's not going to feel good to me if I do it for myself. And this is a major false belief. Others doing it for us feels good in the moment, but it, it's like a piece of candy. It satisfies for the moment but then we need more and more. Whereas loving ourselves and learning to fill ourselves up with love is deeply satisfying and fulfilling. And the thing that actually feels the best is sharing love, not getting love. And we can't share love when we haven't learned to love ourselves, take care of ourselves, and fill ourselves up with love to share. But many people are locked into the belief that the only thing that really feels good is somebody else taking responsibility for you and giving you the love that you're not giving to yourself. If you have any of these false beliefs, then you are likely in resistance to doing it for yourself. Another false belief of the wounded self might be that you can't do it. You might be telling yourself, I can't do it. I'm going to fail at it. I'm not going to do it well enough or do it right. But not many people say that to themselves when they have a baby, if they wanted the baby. If they want a child, they don't say to themselves, well, I can't do this. I don't want to take care of this child. I'm going to adopt the child out and get somebody else to do it. They don't do that if they wanted the baby. If they didn't want the baby, then of course that's exactly what they would do. But those who do want the child don't say, I can't do it well enough, so I'm going to get somebody else to do it and adopt this child out. If you wanted to be a loving parent with a child, that's not what you did. But that's what you might be doing on the inner level. 
if you're resistant to learning to love yourself. Another reason why people resist self-care is if you grew up with parents who you're angry at because they were abusive to you in one way or another. And you might feel like you don't want your parents to think that they were good parents. And so you might be punishing your parents by resisting, by not taking care of yourself, messing up, procrastinating, doing all the things that people do in resistance. Maybe you just can't stand the thought of doing well and of being happy because you don't want your parents patting themselves on the back and saying, see, I did a good job as a parent. Would you actually rather be stuck in your life and miserable than for your parents to think that they did a good job as parents? We can't take care of ourselves from our wounded self which is the part of us that wants to be in control and doesn't want to be controlled, and so might go into resistance. The wounded self isn't a part of us capable of loving ourselves or others. In order to take care of ourselves, we have to have access to our higher self, our spiritual guidance, whatever that is for you. We have to have access to a source of love and a source of wisdom about what loving actions are that we can do. We can't do it from the wounded self because the wounded self operates from fear, which creates a low frequency, making it impossible to connect with your guidance when we're operating from our wounded self. While the wounded self might believe in God, it doesn't have any connection with a higher source at all, so it doesn't have the ability to take care of ourselves. When you hear yourself saying, I can't do it, that's your wounded self being honest that it can't do it. But you are not your wounded self. And resistance goes away when you learn to operate from your loving adult with an intention to learn about loving yourself. This is what heals resistance. Shifting your intent from controlling and not being controlled to learning to love yourself. This changes everything and is the way to get unstuck from the trap of resistance. Healing resistance is about our intention. As long as controlling and not being controlled is your highest priority, you will resist. The intention of the wounded self in resisting is to protect against losing yourself to protect against being controlled by another person or being controlled by yourself or being controlled by spirit. As long as your highest priority is to have control over not being controlled, you will likely find yourself in resistance. When you develop a loving adult self, which is what inner bonding is all about, developing your spiritually connected loving adult who's more interested in what is truly in your highest good than in whether or not you're going to be controlled in some way, then whether or not you're controlled becomes irrelevant. It doesn't matter to the loving adult whether somebody is trying to control you or thinks they're controlling you or thinks they were a good parent. A loving adult doesn't care about that. The only thing the loving adult cares about is, am I being loving to myself and others? Am I filling myself with love? Am I supporting my own highest good and the highest good of all? 
Am I doing all that I need to do so that I feel happy and safe and fulfilled inside? Whereas the wounded self is going to constantly be concerned about whether or not you're being controlled. So, is it more important to you to not be controlled? Or is it more important to you to be loving to yourself and share your love with others? Is it more important to have control over not being controlled or to be loving to yourself? In relationships, in order to stop resisting and let go of the fear of being controlled by a partner and take loving care of yourself, you need to be willing to lose the other person rather than lose yourself. Because a big fear of the wounded self is of being controlled by a partner and losing yourself. Without a loving adult, if you open to caring about someone, you could very well give yourself up in order to not lose that person. And that's scary to a lot of people. This is where the fear of intimacy comes in. The wounded self thinks, oh my God, if I let myself open and love someone, that person is going to be so important to me that I'm going to give myself up. I'm going to lose myself. I can't let that happen. So in order to feel safe enough to give up the resistance, you need to know that you would rather lose the other person than lose yourself. You need to know that nothing is going to make you give yourself up, no matter how much you care about somebody, no matter how much you love somebody. That's not to say that you won't do things for somebody you love that you might not really want to do, but if you do it because it's what's loving to you, it's not giving yourself up. Once you are willing to lose the other person rather than lose yourself, you will feel safe to open your heart to loving yourself and a partner. The other thing that creates a sense of safety regarding opening your heart to love is that as a loving adult, you need to know how to speak your truth and set limits against being controlled by a partner. That you're going to set limits rather than either give in or resist. So it's vitally important to develop your spiritually connected loving adult, which of course is what happens when you consistently practice inner bonding. Like exercise for developing your muscles, inner bonding is the exercise for developing the loving adult. The more you practice inner bonding, the stronger the muscle of the loving adult gets. If you want to get beyond your resistance, you're going to need to practice inner bonding and develop your loving adult self so that you no longer either resist or give in. And part of what you develop when you practice inner bonding is your ability to access your guidance for what's in your highest good. So, for example, let's say that your partner says, please go mow the lawn. If your wounded self is in charge, you might give in thinking, I better mow the lawn or he or she will be angry with me. Or your wounded self might go into resistance thinking, I don't want to be controlled, so I'm just going to say no, or I'll nod yes and then procrastinate and not do it. All the wounded self knows to do is to either give in or resist. But what the loving adult is, is go to guidance and say, is it loving to me? What's in my highest good and the highest good of my partner? Is it loving to me and my partner for me to mow the lawn? Or with other issues like having sex, the loving adult would ask, 
Is it loving to me to have sex with my partner? Or would I be giving myself up? Is it loving to me to spend time with this person? You would be asking if it's loving to you to do whatever it is your partner or others want you to do. As a loving adult, you would open to learning with your higher guidance about what's loving to you and to your partner, rather than either give in or resist. Unless you have developed your loving adult with the intention to learn, and you go to your guidance and ask for what is in your highest good and the highest good of all, you're stuck with your wounded self. You're stuck either giving in or resisting, which is what creates big problems in relationships. So I hope you can see that the way out of resistance is to practice inner bonding and develop your spiritually connected, loving adult. I often work with resistant clients who are also depressed, and sometimes depression is a symptom of resistance. Depression is your inner child, your feeling soul self, letting you know that your wounded self is in charge with the intent to have control over not being controlled, and you're abandoning yourself. Resistance is a form of self-abandonment and can create anxiety as well as shame because most people who resist and procrastinate end up judging themselves for feeling trapped again in a relationship or stuck in their life, and self-judgment causes the feeling of shame. Sometimes my clients tell me that they really want to set aside time to exercise or meditate, but they keep not doing it. They find themselves resistant to it. This is what Kaylee told me in one of my webinars. She said, I think about how I want to develop a morning practice of exercise and meditation, yet I never do it. I have the time, and I know it would be good for me, but I'm resistant to doing it, and I don't know why. I asked Kaylee to go inside and see whether she's trying to make herself do a form of exercise or meditation that she doesn't like. She might have decided that she should do these things, but they might not be the things that her inner child likes doing. As it turned out, her inner child didn't at all like the form of exercise or meditation she felt she should do. Her wounded self was telling her what she should do without checking in with what she actually wanted to do. I found out many years ago that I love to walk in nature, and the form of meditation I do is inner bonding while I walk. I'm not a sitting meditator. I've never been able to just sit. That's not me, and I don't like it. And I love inner bonding as a meditation. So I walk up and down hills every morning, and I do my inner bonding work. I love this. My whole being loves it. My child loves it. My adult loves it. And so there's no resistance because I love doing it. But if I were to force myself to do something that I don't love to do, that would create a problem for me. I would likely go into resistance if I didn't love doing it. My client, Arthur, was raised by a mother who tried to program his every thought. There were rules for everything, from the right way to speak to her to the right way to hold a pencil. The moment Arthur didn't do things her way, his mother would withdraw her love, becoming a block of ice. Because Arthur's father was not around much, his mother was all he had. He needed her to survive. So, Arthur capitulated. 
He gave himself up in order to get her love. He did everything her way, allowing her to control him and take over his life until almost nothing of the real Arthur was left. But a tiny part of him refused to give in. He found little ways to resist, to keep him safe from being completely consumed. One of these was dawdling. Not only would Arthur dawdle, but when he finally did what his mother wanted, he did it badly, always making some mistakes that drove her crazy. Now as an adult, Arthur finds himself procrastinating, even over things he wants to do, such as connecting with his spiritual guidance, which he says is very important to him, and taking any loving action that he does hear from his guidance. The moment Arthur hears anything from his higher guidance, he finds himself procrastinating. He puts off taking loving action. He just doesn't get around to it. He dawdles. When he does get around to taking action, he makes mistakes. And because Arthur doesn't understand why he procrastinates and makes so many mistakes, he can't change his behavior. He's stuck. Arthur is stuck because he's resisting being controlled by his guidance in the same way he learned to resist being totally controlled by his mother. When we are small, our parents are God to us. As we grew up, many of us project onto God our experience of our parents. If our parents were too busy for us, then we may think God is too busy. If our parents were judgmental, then maybe we believe that God is judgmental. If our parents were controlling, then we may think that God is also controlling. Therefore, anything other than unconditional love from our parents may have eventually resulted in a disconnection from God, from your higher power. As a result of Arthur's controlling mother, he unconsciously finds himself resisting God. Whenever his higher power speaks to him, Arthur hears his mother's voice and automatically resists. His mother's need to dominate him, which came from her wounded self, left Arthur with a terror of being consumed by anything or anyone, including God. His resistance is so pervasive that he also resists himself. He's stuck in an inner power struggle between his wounded self, who's like his mother and wants control, and his wounded self who doesn't want to be controlled. What he actually wants gets lost in this inner power struggle. People who resist learned early on that resisting was the only way to maintain their integrity in the face of invasive, controlling parents or other caregivers. This may have been true when they were children, but it's not true now. In fact, when you're driven to resist out of fear of being controlled, you're not free to make your own choices. You're not even free to do the things you want to do or you know are best for you. Paradoxically, you're actually controlled by your resistance. What used to safeguard your integrity now cheats you out of your personal freedom and sabotages your ability to grow and change. I hope you learn and practice inner bonding. 
which will move you out of being stuck in resistance and into your personal power and personal freedom. I hope you join me in my 30-day at-home course, Love Yourself, an inner body experience to heal anxiety, depression, shame, addictions, and relationships. My recent books will also be a big help to you. The Inner Bonding Workbook, Six Steps to Healing Yourself and Connecting with Your Divine Guidance, Diet for Divine Connection Beyond Junk Foods and Junk Thoughts to At-Will Spiritual Connection, and Six Steps to Total Self-Healing, The Inner Bonding Process. And, of course, we have so much to offer you at our website at innerbonding.com. I'm sending you my love and my blessings. Thank you.